0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, As you know now, we are fasting the fast of Saint Mary, uh, the Mother of God. Uh, And when Archangel Gabriel appeared to Saint Mary She was almost uh, 14 years old. So she is either similar to our age or even younger to the age of many of us. But in spite of this, in spite of her young age, she reached a very high level of spirituality. To the extent that as we say in the Theotokia of Wednesday, the Father looked from heaven and found no one like you. He sent his only begotten Son who came and took flesh from you. He found no one like you, like Saint Mary. So we wonder, How St. Mary, in this very young age, was able to reach this very high level of spirituality. Especially, we as youth, many times we struggle. We struggle with many desires of the flesh. We desire with our identity, we desire how to fit in the culture, we desire about, uh, we, we struggle, Uh, about our career we have many many struggles so how Saint Mary in her very young age 14 years old she was the best in the whole world the best in the whole world I like to speak about four virtues in the life of Saint Mary that helped her to reach this level or maybe I will call them four spiritual principles. She lived by them and because she lived by these principles, she was able to reach this very high level. But before I, I, I mentioned these four principles, I like to speak about her upbringing. Because also her upbringing contributed to her high spirituality. Saint Mary came from a very godly family. Her parents Joachim and Anna were very, very godly people. Joachim was a descendant of Judah. And Anna was a descendant of Aaron. So actually, in St. Mary, the two important tribes, the tribe of priesthood, Aaron, and tribe of Levi, and the tribe of royalty, Judah, so she came from these very, very big, blessed two tribes, Judah and Levi. And her parents were very godly and they presented her to the temple at the age of three. But before they presented her to the temple, they raised her in the fear of God. Even in the very uh, few years, in the first three years of her life, they raised her in the fear of God and they nurtured her with all the teaching of the scripture and all the godly principles and godly virtues. Then at age of three, they presented her to the temple and she lived there. She lived among the Levites and among the priests. All what she was hearing is the word of God, praising God, spiritual chants, spiritual songs and she was serving in the in the temple. So she learned the life of service, how to give herself to serve others from very young age, from age of three. As it's written about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve. Her, his mother, Saint Mary, was also uh, full of this spirit of service. And it appeared later on, when she heard from Archangel Gabriel that Elizabeth, this old lady, is pregnant, she went with haste in the mountains of Judah to serve Elizabeth. It was her nature to serve others and to help others. And the Holy Tradition tells us about St. Mary, that she used to distribute her food to the poor. So, this spirit of giving, not only giving in service, but giving all what she had. And she trusted God that He will take care of her. And the Holy Tradition tells us that God sent angels with food to Saint Mary after she distributes all what she had. She lived in poverty. She didn't have any money, but she trusted God. So, her life in the temple from age of 3 to the age of 14 helped her also to reach this very high level of spirituality. And her parents died when she was very young. Her father died at the age of six and her mother died at the age of nine. So she became orphan in a very, very young age. But she learned how to trust God in her life. And at age of 14, when she cannot stay any longer uh, in in the temple, and when they decided to see a man to be entrusted to take care of her, and they collected uh, sticks from many godly men, and they said, we'll put all these sticks in front of God. And the one that will blossom like Aaron's rod, then this is the man that got to choose him to take care of Saint Mary. I'm sure the priests saw in Mary something different. That's why, you know, they were careful to whom she would be entrusted. That's why they want God to choose. And the rod or, or the staff of, of Saint Joseph. Blossomed, So they knew that he is the man that God chose him to take care of St. Mary and she went and lived with him and then Archangel Gabriel came to her. So all this upbringing, these 14 years in the temple, in life of prayer, meditation, reflection, serving, trusting God, helped in building her spiritual life. So what did she learn in these 14 years? What did she learn in these 14 years? These are the four principles that I like to speak with you about. The first principle is she was filled with the grace of God. She knew the importance of the grace of God to her life. She knew that she cannot do anything without the grace of God. So she lived trusting the grace of God. The second is the life of meditation. Life of meditation and reflection. The third principle is the life of humbleness. Humbleness, And the fourth principle is a life of submission and trusting God with her life. So these are the four principle, principles by which St. Mary lived her first 14 years. And that's why when the Father looked from heaven, he did not find anyone similar to Saint Mary. That's why he sent his only begotten son who came and took flesh from her. So, let me reflect a little bit about these four principles. The first principle is grace. Grace. In the Coptic uh, Gospel, the the Coptic translation, uh, when Archangel uh, appeared to her he told her Hail to you, O full of grace Full of grace Grace in, in Greek charis Full of grace What is the grace? What is the grace of God? The grace of God is a free gift that God gives to us. Free gift God gives to us. Not based on our worthiness, but based on His love and His abundant mercy. And this grace is available to everyone. Basically, this grace is the work of the Holy Spirit in us So, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the grace of God and in order to be successful in our life, there are two elements A human element and a divine element. The human element is what you can do and the divine element is what you cannot do. When actually we are filled with the grace of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, then the divine element will work with us as long as we do our part, the human element. And there are many examples in the scripture about the divine element and the human element. God said to Peter, cast your net for a catch. But Peter told him, upon or trusting your word, I will cast my net. So, trusting the Word of God or upon His Word, that is a grace. But He actually has to do His part. He labored all night, and they were casting their nets all night, but they couldn't catch anything. But once they relied on the grace of God, they were able to catch many, many fish in feeding the multitude the human element is to give what you have the five loaves and two fish but the divine element is to feed 5,000 families from these five loaves and two fish if you did not provide what you have the human element the grace will not work so God actually took the little they had blessed it and made it able to feed the multitude. Another example, and many many examples, but just to to, to get the idea, raising Lazarus. What they can do is to remove the stone. What they cannot do is to raise the dead man. So he told him, remove the stone. We may wonder, God, if you if you're gonna raise him, can't you with one word to remove the stone? Yes, He can. But God doesn't want His children to be lazy, or to be irresponsible. That's why, if you remove the stone, then I will do what you cannot do. I will raise the dead man. So when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will sanctify us, will consecrate us to be temple of God, then we will be successful not only in our spiritual life, but in every aspect in our life. As we read in the Old Testament about Joseph, God was with him and he was prosperous in everything he did, because God was with him. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, actually we have access to the grace of God. As Saint Paul said, don't you know that you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abides in you? So we already have the Holy Spirit after we were baptized and were anointed with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Oil Myrun. We have the Holy Spirit in us But many times we quench the Spirit or we grieve the Spirit That's why the grace of God is not fully active in our life St. Mary on the other side Since her childhood, she opened her heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why she was full of grace. Full of grace means the Holy Spirit actually filled and blessed every little thing in her life. Full of grace. Full of grace. Uh, I'm sure you hear this word or this term means of grace means of grace means of grace is the means by which actually I can be filled with the grace of God so what are the means of grace all of you you know it Prayer, scripture, liturgy, fasting, all these are the means of grace. Are you filled with the means of grace? Do you use them in your life or not? If you don't have these spiritual exercises in your life, then how you will be filled with the grace? It will be impossible. Think about Saint Mary, what she was doing in the the temple. Either she was praying, meditating, reading, or hearing the scripture, or serving the uh, ceremonies, serving the sacrifices in a way or another, helping in cleaning, helping in uh, preparing, You know, of course she was not a a, a Levite or a a priest, but she was helping and attending the liturgical uh, prayers. Although there are many, many means of grace, but I want to focus on three things that are very important if you want to be filled with the grace of God. Prayer, Scripture, and Eucharistic Liturgy, divine, uh, divine Liturgy. If you want to be filled with grace, you need to pray a lot. You need to read the scripture a lot. You need to attend liturgy as much as you can. When actually you practice these three things, besides other things, of course, like fasting, like tithing, like serving, but uh, I just I want to focus on this, on these three, and the means of grace. Then you will be filled with the grace of God. Prayer, the, the Church Father they likened prayer with the umbilical cord umbilical cord connect the embryo with the mother and he receives the embryo receives all the nourishment through the umbilical cord so actually if this umbilical cord is twisted or obstructed the the, the child can die the, the, the baby the, the embryo can die In the same way, what is the connection between me and God in the prayer? It's like the umbilical cord in the prayer. If this is cut, did not exist, then I will die spiritually. I will die spiritually. The work of the, the, the grace of God is poured in our heart through the prayer through the prayer you need to spend the time in prayer instead when you open your eyes in the morning on your phone and just check your text message or emails or the social media no, open your eyes on the word of God and prayer first thing in in, in your day should be prayer. Stand before God and pray. Before you sleep, last thing, last activity should also be prayer. And if you can also pray a third time in the middle of the day, this also will be okay. And when you grow in the life of prayer, Maybe one day you can pray the seven hours of the Akbay. But you need actually to pray frequently if you want to be full or filled with the grace of God. Think about again the grace of the, the prayer like the umbilical cord. If this cut, if it did not exist, then the embryo will die. If there is no prayer in our life, we are dead spiritual. The second is the scripture, the word of God. As the Lord said to Satan, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if I don't read the scripture, I am hungry, because I am fed by the scripture. Man will not live by bread alone, but by, so it is food for me, the word of God. And if I am hungry and I did not feed myself, eventually I will die. So as the bread is important for our body, the Word of God is important to our soul. And as without food, our body will get weak first and then eventually we will die in starvation. If we are starved from the Word of God, eventually we will uh, die spiritually. David in the psalm said, I found your word and I ate it. And your word was like honey in my mouth. Your word was like honey in my mouth. So it's very, very important to feed yourself on the word of God. I want you to be honest with yourself. How many hours every day you spend in games, you spend on social media, you spend on the phone, you spend watching uh, sports, or watching movies, or whatever? And how many minutes you spend with the world of God? That? Why? That's our nourishment. Him, you will be filled with the grace without the word of God. And the third one is the Eucharist. Eucharist. He who eats my body and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. We need actually, when there is opportunity to attend a liturgy need to come and participate and to partake of His body and His blood worthily. In, in partaking of His body and blood, He will abide in me and I in Him. He who eats my body and drinks my blood, abides in me. So if Christ abides in me, then I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I am filled with the grace then everything actually I do I'll be successful in it in spiritual life and in other aspects of my life so the first element in the life of Saint Mary how she reached this very very high level in spirituality in a young age at age of fourteen because she lived and was filled with the grace of God that's why truly she was full of grace she was full of grace and when Archangel Gabriel told her help you full of grace he just explained described her condition she was full of grace. The second element in her life, the life of meditation. She did not live with God a superficial in a superficial way. Sometimes our relationship with God is very, very superficial. Yes, we pray like now. We prayed the 12th hour from the Agveyah, but maybe we just uttered these words by our mouth. But my heart did not reflect on the prayer, and the prayer did not leave any impression on my heart. Maybe you attended the liturgy this morning, but we just were distracted we don't have a deep life, reflection, meditation on my relationship with God. Uh, Maybe I read the scripture but when I read the scripture just I read it like I read any book and that's it. Saint Mary was in the habit to reflect and to have her meditation and her quiet time was God Even after she gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ we read in Luke chapter 2 verse 51 his mother kept all these things in her heart. She was reflecting in all the things in her heart. Uh, the life of meditation and the quiet time makes our relationship with God deep, not just as superficial. Many times our relationship with God is like a monologue. We speak, but we don't have time to listen to God. Samuel the prophet One of the beautiful verses that he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Do you have time to silence your heart, to silence your tongue, to silence your senses, so you can listen to God? I am sure all of us, we have this internal dialogue, even when we are not speaking, our mind thinks about hundreds or thousands of things. Can you silence this internal dialogue to be able to listen to God? It needs practice. It needs to learn how to quiet and to silence your tongue, your heart, your thoughts, so God speaks. David the Psalmist said, I hear what the Lord God have said. I hear what the Lord God is saying. I hear him in the I hear what God is speaking. God wants actually to get into a dialogue with him He said, let us talk, says says the Lord Let us talk, let us dialogue together You cannot have this dialogue without learning the life of meditation, reflection, thinking deep After you read the scripture sit with yourself and say what the message that God wants to send to me? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. After you confess, after confession, spend some time in quiet time. Listen to the voice of God. After liturgy, don't just after liturgy go into social hour with the people. Try to spend some time in quietness with God. Saint Macarius said to his disciples, After liturgy, you need to run away. So they told him "We are in the wilderness, Run away from what? We are here in the desert. So he pointed to his mouth and said, Run away from this. Run away from this. I remember, uh, while I was in your age, my father of confession used to instruct me that after the liturgy, I go directly to home, go to my room, and spend 15-30 minutes just reflecting and praying. Now I received a treasure by taking communion. I need to reflect on this. I need to meditate on this treasure that I received today in in, in in my connection with God. Saint Mary was like a child in the temple by herself. So can you imagine all this time how she spent? When I do visitation these days and when I, I ask the youth How was it like uh, stay home? 99% I hear boring. Maybe because they don't know how to meditate and reflect and benefit from this quietness. Actually, if you think about it, it's time to know how to connect internally And deeply, on a deep level, was God. We have a lot of many, many distractions in our life. Many distractions. Can just we stay away from these distractions? Can you stay one day without your phone? Just one day? Completely? What if I tell you one week or ten days. I hear one of the severest punishments if a parent said to their children, we will take your phone away. Why is this a severe punishment? Actually, it, it should be a blessing. I wish somebody takes my phone away. It could be a blessing, not a punishment. But now actually, we are live in this distraction. Uh, I think if there is no distraction around us, we don't know how to connect with ourselves. And if I don't know how to connect with myself, I cannot connect with God. Learn how to have quiet time to stay away from all distractions. The prodigal son, when he returned it to himself, means he stayed away from the distraction of friends, partying, all these activities, he was able to make the right decision and return back to his father's house. The third uh, element of the life of Saint Mary was her humbleness. Her humbleness. When uh, Archangel Gabriel announced to her. Uh, announced to her the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, she answered and said, Behold the Maid Servant of the Lord. Behold the Maid Servant of the Lord. Many people uh, they refuse to, to call themselves Servants of the Lord. They say, who are his children? Yes, who are his children? But read most of the apostles of Saint Paul, book of Revelation, how all these apostles described themselves. They said, One servant of the Lord. Yes, who are his children? But we should not forget who are the bond servant. And some people actually uh, they even refused to call themselves uh, children but they say you are just brothers like equal to, to brother Jesus in their arrogance and in their pride but St. Mary she was very very humble she said to Archangel Gabriel I am a servant of the Lord let him do with me what he sees right. That's why when she visited Elizabeth, she said in her uh, praise, uh, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And in verse 52, Luke 1 52, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. Uh, one time, uh, Saint Macarius was walking in the desert and he saw the traps of the devil. So he sighed and said, "Oh Lord, Who can be saved from all these traps?" And he heard a voice, the humble. Those who are humble will be saved. Uh, While speaking how to be filled with the grace, Saint Peter said, God resists the proud, but he gave grace to the humble. So. Humble before the hand of God and He will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before your your brothers and sisters. You know what is the way to true greatness? If you want to be the first, be the last of all. If you want to be the greatest, be the servant of all. Service is the daughter of humbleness. That's why, as I told you, Saint Mary lived her life in the temple serving, serving, without complaining. Then even after she left the temple, when she heard about Elizabeth, she went and served. And she was doing this joyfully. And happening. In the wedding at, at Cana of Galilee, when she saw the people they don't have wine, her heart was full of love. She want to serve these people. That's why she went to her son and told him they don't have wine. A heart full of compassion and love to serve others, love to serve others. When we are humble and we consider ourselves the least of all and the last of all, then actually God will lift us up. Uh, but here, just I want to differentiate between humbleness and low self-esteem. Because Christianity is not about to have low self-esteem, Christianity is about to be humble. And the difference here is the presence of the grace of God. A humble person will say, I am nothing, I am the least of all, I am the last of all, but." I can do all things in Jesus Christ who strengthens me. So I know that I am nothing. I am, as St. Paul said, I am the first among the sinners. I am the first among the sinners. But I know also that God who is rich in His mercy and abundant in His love has saved me and rescued me and in Him I can do all things successfully. But low self esteem, just I feel that I am the least, I am the last of all, I am inferior to all. Period. The element of grace doesn't exist in my life or in my understanding or in my perception. Saint Mary was a true humble person. A true humble person. Many times uh, I thought if Uh, God chose a prideful person to be his mother. Definitely she would have caused him many, many troubles, many problems. She would argue about everything and make a problem about everything. For example, when Joseph said to Mary, the archangel appeared to me and we need to go to Egypt. If Saint Mary was not humble, should have told him, "Why I appear to you, I am his mother. You are not his biological father. I, I don't believe you. No I'm not going, going with you to Egypt. and she wants her will to be done. But she was obedient. When they returned back from Egypt, he told her, "I had another dream." Tell me about your dream. You know, the Archangel told us that you should live in Nazareth. Don't live in uh, in Judea, in Bethlehem. Again, she would have argued with him. No, why? I, I, I'm going to live in Bethlehem. The Archangel did not appear to me. Why appear to you? In the Annunciation, he appeared to me. I don't believe you. We see these arguments every day in families, between couples, between parents and children. You know what? Because we are not humble, because we are arrogant. And each one of us wants his will or her will to be done. But Saint Mary was a true humble person. That's why the grace of God worked in her and she became full of grace at the age of 14. The last point and the fourth element in her life, her life of submission and trust in God. We have many worries in our life. You know why we worry a lot? Because our faith and trust in God is... Weak, but Saint Mary trusted God. That's why, if you reflect on her life, she hardly, she hardly make a decision or a choice in her life. She hardly, she trusted that God would make all choices for her and she accepted all these choices gladly. She did not choose to be presented to the temple at the age of three. She did not choose to get married or betrothed to Saint Joseph. They chose him for her. Uh, you know, any girl today, she, she will say, no, it's my choice, my decision. To choose with whom I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Actually, she had one choice to live in virginity. And uh, she never imagined that she'll be a mother. But Archangel Gabriel announced to her that she'll be the mother of God. She accepted this. And she said, Behold, the servant of the Lord. Yes, we know that this pregnancy and this labor did not lose her virginity. Her virginity is sealed before, during and after the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the perpetual virginity of St. Mary. But now she is a mother. Also, she did not choose to go to Egypt but she obeyed. She did not choose to live in the Netherlands, but she obeyed. So, all her life, she trusted God and was to, in total submission to the will of God. In total submission. Even on the cross, she did not choose with whom she will live the rest of her life. The Lord Jesus Christ on the cross told her, Uh, John is going to be your son and John, she is your mother. She she didn't tell him didn't I have the right to choose with him with whom I will spend the rest of my life? Why did not ask my opinion? Why did not tell me what I want? But St. Mary lived (coughs) by This word that she said to Archangel Gabriel, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Who among us can live by this word? Let it be to me according to your word. Yes, we say it in the Lord's Prayer, "Thy will be done. But when we apply it in our life, it's a different story. one of the actually instant in her life, her delivery, uh, no house, no hospital, no inn, no even a simple room in any motel, nothing. She gave birth to her son, Nesteb, among the animals. But she trusted God. Let it be to me according to your word. Uh, So she lived her life in complete submission. Maybe she is the only one in the whole history of humanity who gave birth in a place like this. I I, I, I cannot imagine that any other mother gave birth to a place like this. But she accepted it. She accepted it joyfully in total submission. Uh, Simon, uh, or Simeon the Elder, when he met her uh, after 40 days, uh, he told her, uh, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Any any one of us, when we go through a difficult time or painful time, we ask, why me, Lord? Why me? But Saint Mary did not ask, why me? She accepted the sword, she accepted the cross in her life. Uh, Joyfully. she did not question the will of God. If God allowed me to suffer, uh, then let it be to me according to your word. And in the Akbaya, in the ninth hour, actually, we read about uh, her suffering. We, we say, <laughs> When the mother saw the lamb and shepherd, the savior of the world, hung on the cross. She said, while weeping, the world rejoices in receiving salvation, while my heart burns as I look at your crucifixion, which you are enduring for the sake of all, my Son and my God." Uh, Life of submission, very, very amazing, very impressive, how she lived this life of uh, submission uh, to to God. Uh, That's why she trusted God with her life and because she trusted God fully with her life, she received an honor and glory no one has ever received it. She is exalted above the cherubim and the seraphim. No one actually is exalted above the cherubim and seraphim. You know, Saint Mary didn't have to fulfill the requirement of purification, the 40 days of purification, according to the law of Moses, uh, because she is the mother of God. But in spite of this, she submitted to the 40 days And after the 40 days were over, she went to offer actually the sacrifices according to the law. While many females nowadays are arguing and trying to push to actually uh, cancel and challenge this commandment from the scripture, we see Saint Mary in her humbleness, although she did not need this purification. But she submit to the word of God and the law of God without any argument, but in true humbleness and true humbleness. Her life was very, very impressive. That's why we don't wonder why God chose her. Why God looked from heaven and did not find anyone like Saint Mary, because her relying on the grace of God because of her deep connection with God and life of meditation, because of her, her humbleness and because of her submission. These four elements made her indeed in, in to be chosen to be the mother of God. And as I, I said before, Yes, we honor St. Mary because she is the mother of God. But her holy life and her Godly life preceded choosing her to be the mother of God. So St. Mary was not just a regular person and God chose her. No, she was a very, very unique person. Very unique person. No one was like her. The Father looked from heaven and did not find anyone like you. He sent his son. He came and saved us. That's why Archangel Gabriel told her, Hail to you, full of grace. Who are her children? So let's ask her to intercede on our behalf. That as she lived her life, relying on the grace of God, in deep connection with God, in humbleness, and in total submission, that we may follow her footsteps in order to be filled with the grace, and we glorify God in everything we do. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.